Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Branch Life Church Online. I'm Josh, one of the pastors at Branch Life. We're glad that you're worshiping with us today as we're in part two of our Reintroducing Jesus series. Hey, if this is helpful to you and this is something that resonates, we'd love for you to share it online. Would you take a moment and share this video with your friends, with your family, through your social, uh, or comment, or, or leave hearts or thumbs up? All that kind of stuff is just really helpful to our online presence. That's one way you can serve us as we worship together as you're a part of our online service. Also, a huge thank you to everyone who's giving uh, to Branch Life Church and helping make what we do possible in the name of glorifying our Lord and loving our neighbors. You guys have been awesome, and we're so thankful for you. We hope that today will be an encouragement to you as we worship through song, as we continue studying God's word together, and as we connect during this season. So thanks again for joining us today. Let's worship God together. Hey, let's dive into our Bible study together. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, uh, let's go to the book of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1 and starting in verse 18. But before we get there, uh, we just came through our Valentine's weekend. And man, what a great weekend. What a great time to celebrate love. Maybe you're one of those couples that, that doesn't celebrate on Valentine's Day because it's too commercialized. Uh, maybe you're one of those couples that's all about it. Well, my wife is all about Valentine's Day. I got balloons, we had desserts, there was special dinner, heart-shaped pizza was involved, all kinds of fun and exciting stuff. But one of the things that we did during our Valentine's Day is we had a date night together, and it was one of those date nights that came in a box. And you just followed the instructions in the box. And with the pandemic and everything that's going on, you just stay at home and you do this date night. So we told the kids to hang out in the other part of the house. We put them on their iPads, which is usually a great way to babysit them. And we started our date night. We had a great time together through discussion, answering questions, playing games. And part of what we did was a Bible study together in that date in a box. And so we uh, heard from some Bible teachers and they talked about being just married versus being just married. Now, you may have thought I just said the same thing, but I didn't. You see, when you're just married and you're a newlywed couple and you're all excited about marriage and what's going to happen, you, you have uh, just said, I do, you've jumped into the car that's decorated on the back and said, just married, and everyone honks their horns and celebrates you because you just got married and you're super excited about it and it's pretty incredible. But then somewhere along the line, it goes from just married, yay, to just married. You know, when you start, it's just married, dot, 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 and the rest is, is ahead of you. But at some point in our marriages and our relationships, we can get to the point where we're just dot, 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 married. And it just seems like we're going through the motions and we're, we're just not connecting, not near as excited or as passionate as we used to be, and it's just marriage, and it's, it's just him or it's just her, and we just sort of are, are there and, and walking through life together. It's a really interesting challenge for me to think about where I am in my relationship with my wife. In this particular case, am I excited about being married or are we just married? And it can change from time to time, from day to day. Well, as I was reading this passage together, what 
I, the Holy Spirit said to me was, hey, we're going to talk about manhood today. We're going to talk about what it means to be a man or a woman of God. And you can be a, a just man or you can be just man. And, and today we're going to look at the story of Joseph. God highlights this early in the, in the, in the order of Matthew. He talks about Joseph, that's Jesus' technically stepdad, and he talks about who Joseph is, and it calls him a just man, a righteous man, a man who makes good, godly choices and has incredible character. And God uses just men over and over in Scripture. And because of Joseph's righteousness, he was able to be used by God in an incredible, spectacular way. So what does it mean to be a just man? or woman of God, or just a man. And now God's going to then superimpose over that Jesus and Jesus' story, and Jesus is way more than just a man for us to follow. Let's dive into this today as we continue with our series called Reintroducing Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to start reading together in verse 18. Last week we looked at the first 17 verses Jesus' resume, the, the story of Jesus' timeline, and all kinds of incredible truths about how God is the author of history, how he uses brokenness for our good, and, and all kinds of stuff that we'd encourage you to go check out. If you haven't seen that online, you can check out last week's. But we're going to move on to verse 18. And just after Jesus is introduced to us, his lineage, which proves that he is fulfilling prophecies, the bloodline of Abraham and of David... He says at the end of verse 17, or excuse me, at the end of verse 16, that Mary and Joseph are his parents. And so now in verse 18, it says now uh, we're going to jump into the birth of Jesus. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph and before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from, his, from their sins, and all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Man, right there at the beginning of this story, as you're being introduced to Jesus, we are told that the birth of Jesus Christ, remember the Savior of the world, Savior who is King, took place in this way. And now this story tells us not only where Jesus came from, how he, uh, God came to earth, but who God used to be an incredible part of the story. So the main characters or the characters that you find in this reading, we have an angel, we have the Holy Spirit. Mary's a part of the story. Jesus is a part of the story. But the main character is Joseph. And Joseph is being introduced to us and explained to us. Joseph, the son of David, or in the line of King David. And Joseph is described as someone who's betrothed to Mary, 
who, who uh, before they came together, was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, being a just man, was unwilling to put her to shame. Joseph was a just man. Now just put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Why are we given all this detail? Why are we told about this? Well, there's, there's so much here theologically that's wrapped around the virgin birth and that Jesus was born of a virgin. And every Christmas, you probably hear those conversations. But in Matthew's perspective, he's highlighting, yes, the virgin birth, but he's also highlighting this just man named Joseph, who God used in, a, in an amazing way. Imagine being described as just or righteous by God. When God looks down at you and your life and the way that you live and he's got a special task or something that he wants to perform that's world-changing or life-changing, would he look down at you and say, hey, there is a just man or there is a just woman who, I can, be, who can be used by me for something incredible? When God looked down, when it was time for Jesus to be born, he had a just man in Joseph in mind and a just woman named Mary in mind to be used in a particular way. It was going to take a man of character, a man of righteousness, to fulfill this incredibly important role. And so when Matthew is describing Joseph as a just man, what does that mean? How do we know he qualified as someone who was just and righteous? Well, as you read this story today, we're going to look at several clues, several character traits of someone who is a just man. And these are character traits that you and I can emulate as we strive to be used by God in incredible ways. God has something incredible for you. God wants to miraculously use you. And are we putting ourselves in a position to be used by God to the best of, his, to the best of our ability for His glory and His honor? So let's look today at some characteristics of a just man. The first one we see is that a just man takes on responsibility early. Uh, we're going to start by understanding what it means to be betrothed. Now, this is a cultural thing that's totally different from how we handle marriage and engagement today. But in Bible times, the parents would have gotten together and they would have decided on their kids' future spouses. And so Joseph's parents and Mary's parents had decided that Joseph and Mary would make a great couple, a great family, and so they agreed that these two, Mary and Joseph, would be betrothed to each other. And Mary and Joseph, during, during this period of their life, would have probably been 15, 16, or 17 years old. They could have been as young as 14. Imagine deciding who you were going to marry at the age of 15. I mean, these guys didn't even have their driver's license yet. And I, I want you to kind of think about Joseph's parents and Mary's parents observing the way we do marriage today. You see, we totally handle it differently. We leave marriage in the hand of the kiddos. We kind of allow kids today to explore who they think they want to marry, and they go out on dates, and they don't have any supervision. They're not chaperoned. You want to hang out with someone that you think you're desperately in love with, and your hormones are raging? Well, good luck to you. And most parents are kind of shipping off parenting and dating and leaving it squarely on the shoulder of young people and of young adults. And, and in this culture, they knew something that apparently we forgot. Kids don't handle dating very well at a young age. It doesn't typically work out well. How well is it working out now? A couple after 
couple? How many breakups did you have? How many heartaches did you go through? Because you were trying to figure out who to marry and who to go steady with and who to hold hands with and where and it just is it's just mind-boggling. And now we think we've got it better because these kids have great tools for relationship building. They have the TikTok and the Snapchat and the Facebook, and they can surely figure it out. So parents, just leave it up to your kids. Mary and Joseph's parents were probably like, what are you people thinking? I'm here going, what am I thinking? They had a totally different cultural system for helping young people find love. And that cultural system relied on parents. And, and what the parents did is they gave their kids the responsibility of marriage at a young age. They came alongside of them, they directed them in a certain way, and they said, Joseph, it's time for you to grow up. It's time for you to be a man. It's time for you to take responsibility. You see, Joseph and Mary had to become husband. They had to grow up pretty quick. And they were, in this culture, betrothed to one another, which meant basically engagement, but it was as significant as marriage at this point in their process. They were going to be husband and wife at the age of 15, 16, or maybe 17. Now, we're in a little bit of an epidemic now in, in our day and age. We, we have this delayed adulthood where we don't ask kids to grow up too fast. As a matter of fact, we kind of, kind of hold them back. We, we say, not, not yet, not too early. And what's happening is in their 20s and in their 30s, we have kids, we have young adults who are still depending on parents, who are still uh, spending their time entertaining themselves, playing video games, not taking responsibility, not uh, advancing their own future. And they're just not hashtag adulting anymore. And, it, and, and what we see from Joseph is a man of character takes on responsibility early. And maybe it is time for you to take on your responsibility as a man or a woman of God to be able to advance your self-future, to, to grow up, to welcome to adulthood, and to be a man or a woman that takes responsibility for your actions. That's what was being described as Joseph. This 15-year-old man was now asked to be responsible for his life. The second goes along with it. They honor their authority. They honor the authority that is in their place. Yes, they're responsible, but in the same hand, in the same token, on the other side of the coin, a, a just man honors the authority that God has given them. And so Mary and Joseph, in this example, did not come together. That was the temptation. That was the reason for a betrothal. That was why mom and dad stayed involved, so that these young people wouldn't give in to that temptation. Now, here we are again in our culture. We wait till our mid-20s or mid-30s before we get married, and you're supposed to survive all that time amidst all of those relationships and all of that, and be pure. That, that's a monumental task that these guys said, no, we're going to handle this a little bit differently. And Mary and Joseph honored their authority. They, they stayed pure. They did not come together as a couple because it wasn't what they were allowed to do. 
How many times do we take charge of our lives and we do what we want to do when we want to do it? Nobody can tell me different. Yeah, my boss told me to do it that way, but I'm actually going to do it this way. Oh, my parents told me that I shouldn't do that, and yeah, I'm, I'm still going to do it. I, I can have more screen time than they think I can have. I can handle this pressure. I can decide my own steps and my own future. Listen, that doesn't typically go well when we decide that we're going to dishonor our authority and do whatever it is we want to do. As Christians, we do this constantly. We know God says one thing, yet we decide we're going to do the other thing. And the thing is, when God is in charge, God knows best. And when we take our pride and our control back, and we decide to do it our way, we are often doing it the wrong way, or at least not the best way. A just man honors the authority, the boss, the parent, the teacher, the government that God has put over them, and, and honors them to the point where they make choices that defer to that authority. And so Joseph did just this with his parents, and then he was called a just man. There's another characteristic that we want to look at real quickly. A characteristic of a just man is someone who treats others with empathy and respect. You see, in the story, it takes an incredible turn or an incredible twist. Mary and Joseph were betrothed to one another. They were going to get married. They were taking on responsibility early. They were keeping themselves pure and respecting their authority. But Mary was found to be with child. Well, that's a twist in the story. All of a sudden, out of the blue, imagine if you're Joseph and, and your wife, to-be wife, says, Honey, I'm pregnant. And Joseph knows that they have done nothing to cause that to happen. So in Joseph's mind, he immediately is thinking, my, my, my wife has cheated on me. My wife has slept with someone else and now she's pregnant. And Joseph would have no other reason to think that that's not the case. In this moment, it was announced to Joseph and for all that he knew, it was the assumption that Mary had cheated on him and now what he's going to do. Imagine the pain. Imagine the hurt. Imagine the heartache that he was feeling. He was a just man. He was trying to please God. And now, what's he get for it? His relationship is going to fall apart. He's going to have to figure out a whole new plan for his life. He's going to have to walk through the shame of this. And in their culture, Joseph had every right to stand Mary up and declare that she was a cheater. Joseph, if he decided to, could have had Mary put to death because she was pregnant outside of wedlock. But Joseph is a just man. And what Joseph decided to do is it said he was unwilling to put her to shame and he was going to divorce her. He was going to separate from her quietly. He wasn't going to make a big stink out of it. He wasn't going to get revenge. He wasn't going to go after her because she had hurt him. Why? Because Joseph is a just man. Think about this story. Think about this moment. And think about all the times that you've been hurt by someone else. It causes heartache and pain. It causes anger and frustration. It causes stress and turmoil. And our natural gut reaction is to go after, to cancel, to shut off, to, to destroy that person that hurt us in some way. That was not the reaction of a just man. 
Joseph thought in his heart, I'm going to treat her with empathy and respect. Now, why do we use the word empathy and respect? You see, Joseph decided that he was going to put herself in Mary's shoes. Mary was probably terrified for her life. All of a sudden, she's pregnant. Now, again, think about this from Mary's angle. Mary knew that she had done nothing to deserve being pregnant, yet here she is, pregnant with child. How is she going to explain this to Joseph? He is never going to believe her. He's, he could put her to death. And he, she comes to Joseph and says that he's pregnant, she's pregnant with child, and all of a sudden now she's fearful and embarrassed and confused. In all of their conversations, in all of their discussion, she shares all of this with Joseph, and Joseph empathizes with Mary, where maybe at first he doesn't believe her, but at least he's going to put himself in her shoes, that he's going to try to understand how she's feeling. And she's devastated in these moments. The ability to empathize, the ability to kind of put yourselves in the shoes of another person, you don't have to agree with what they are or what they are doing, but to kind of understand why they're doing how or how they're feeling is a powerful ability that Christians are uniquely asked to hone. God told us to love our neighbor. God asked us to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice. We're supposed to care for one another. And empathy is a superpower that by the grace and the love of God, we should have for one another. And if we can't at least empathize, we can respect that other person. Just man, a just man is able to empathize and respect with others. Just look at what Joseph gave us an example of. First of all, he was respectful to his spouse. Joseph was not dealing with a stranger next door. He was dealing with his wife for all intents and purposes. And Joseph empathized and respected her. That's the characteristic of a just man. Spouses, do you love and respect one another? Are you empathizing with how the other is feeling on a given day? Man, oh man, parents, we are in the middle of this homeschooling nightmare. Thank you to this pandemic. And we've got to try to get our kids for a year now through cyber school and try to get them advancing and putting all things aside and trying to deal with the stress ourselves. And at the end of the day, you are like in our house, you're probably frazzled at some point. Imagine if I burst in the house at the end of the day and my wife's been trying to deal with kids that are on computers and frustrated and not understanding and she's been busy doing their work and trying to figure out everything else that goes in and I come charging in and dinner's not out because it's been a full day of school and I say, hey, where's dinner? And she says, give me a break. And I said, no, I'm hungry. Well, what kind of empathy is that? Do I, am I someone who understands what kind of day, what kind of frustration, what kind of feelings my wife is having in, in any, any given moment? Or do I automatically say it's what I want when I want it? Joseph respected his spouse. Joseph showed respect and deference to her as a woman. Culturally, he could have shamed her. Culturally, he could have embarrassed her. Culturally, he could have pulled out this trump card. But he said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And he respected her as a woman and decided that he would divorce her quietly. A just man shows empathy and respect to the other gender. Men, if you want to be a man, 
You, res you treat women with respect. Joseph respected and empathized with someone who hurt him. Someone who caused him pain. Someone who caused him heartache. Because we are hurt doesn't give us the right to disrespect the person that causes us that pain. And Joseph empathized and respected someone who he disagreed with. Yeah, Mary, right, you're pregnant and you did nothing. Yet he decided to divorce her quietly. Man, 2021 has been a difficult year. 2021 has been a hard time and a hard season for us to go through. But 2021 has expo exposed some weaknesses. And this could be the year that empathy and respect have died. Where we don't respect people who have a difference of opinion. Where we don't empathize with others who have hurt us. Where we want what we want and what we want it now. And we start saying things. How could anyone think that way? How could anyone make that choice? How could anyone not see it the way that I see it? But don't let 2021 be the year that empathy and respect die. You can be a just man and respect people who are different from you. Respect people who are in a position, uh, in a different spot than you're in. Respect people who hurt you. And yes, respect and empathize people who might even disagree with you. And in this way, show love of neighbor. And in this way, glorify God. You see, empathy feels the, these thoughts. Your hurt is my hurt. Your loss is in my prayers. Your sorrow is in my soul. And your tears are in my eyes. If neighbor could empathize with neighbor, if, if culture could empathize with culture, if political party could empathize with political party, we would be stronger for it. You see, empathy dies when we care more about us than them. Don't let empathy die because a just man is able to treat others with empathy and respect. It is not about us versus them. It is not about Christians versus the rest of the world. It's not about husbands versus wives or parents versus kids or neighbor versus neighbor. It's about us loving one another in the name of God. They will know us by our love for one another. As we continue on in our verse today, it says, but as he considered these things. So Joseph was in that moment where he thought that his wife has cheated on him and he was going to put her away quietly and he had come to that resolve. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, which remember from last week means Savior of the world, for he will save his people from his sins. Then Joseph woke from his sleep, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife and knew her not till she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. What an incredible turnaround in the story that already had a turnaround. It's a twist inside of a twist. And now Joseph is being told by an angel in a dream that what Mary's saying is true. And this baby has come from the Holy Spirit. And he wakes up. What do you do with that dream? 
How do you respond with that news? If God would send you a message, what would you say? How would you deal? How would you react? Well, look at Joseph's reaction. He woke from the sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. A characteristic of a just man understands that it's not just about faith in Jesus. It's about faithfulness to Jesus. It's not just about faith in Jesus. It's about faithfulness to Jesus. He jumped up from his sleep and he ran to obey the Lord. It does not make sense. It will not make sense to anyone else to see what's happened. They will all assume things. They are all going to point to things. But Joseph needed to do what the Lord commanded him to do if he understood it or not. And in this moment, Joseph was chosen because he had the character trait of a just man. Here's someone who would be faithful to the word of the Lord no matter what. Here's a character trait of a just man or woman that we need to know and understand today. That faithfulness to Jesus. Faithfulness to Jesus enables us to walk in a powerful light and be used by God. And wherever you are at in your spiritual journey, I want to encourage you not just to have faith in Jesus, but to be faithful to Jesus. You see, if we're a follower of Jesus Christ, we've all come to that moment in our lives where we decided to accept the free gift of salvation. For by grace you are saved through faith. It's this faith that we put in Jesus that causes us to, to have salvation, to have a belief in Jesus as our Savior. And if you have not yet accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to have that moment of faith in Jesus where you trust in Him to save you. God is calling you. God is reaching out to you in this moment. And he's saying to you, son or daughter, come home. There, there's, there's a need that you have to be saved by God, and the only way you can be saved is to know that you're a sinner and to believe that Jesus is the only one that can free you from that sin. To believe that Jesus died and rose again to save you from that sin and to accept that free gift of salvation that will cleanse you from that sin. Until we know we need a Savior, we, we cannot be saved. But maybe that's you. Maybe you know today's the day. I need to stop fooling around. I need to stop just questioning and I'm ready to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I want to invite you to do that in this very moment. Don't wait any longer. And if you have any questions about it, even now, you can go to our website, branchlife.church, and hit that gospel tab. Watch the video. Read the, read the, read the teaching there. And you can accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior in this very moment, simply praying this prayer. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again for my sin, and I want to accept this free gift of salvation. That's faith in Jesus. But Christianity is not just about faith in Jesus. It's about faithfulness to Jesus. You see, I don't just get saved and say, all right, I'm set. Now I can do whatever I want. No way. When Jesus becomes my Savior, He becomes my Lord, and now I follow Jesus. Faith without works is dead. If I don't believe what it is, I, if I don't do act in what, if I don't act on my belief, then do I really believe it? And if I believe that Jesus is God, and if Jesus is the King, then I'm going to, as a just man, honor my authority and do what it is Jesus asked me to do. I'm going to live the way he asked me to live. I'm not going to say the things he tells me not to say. I'm going to do the things he tells me to do. And so many people go around this world saying they believe in God, but they act like they don't. We've got to have parents and, and women and children and grandparents who follow God. We need to 
have men who act like men and follow God. And there is an epidemic of men who are not following and leading spiritually in their homes and in their communities. They say they believe in God, but they act like they don't. Joseph was a just man who had faith and was faithful to God. He led in a spiritual way his home, even at a young age. Teenager, be a man. Do what God asks you to do. Dad, be a man and lead spiritually in your home. Run after the things of God in your home. It's not just about faith in God. It's about faithfulness to God. And just men understand this. And just women understand this. We need to be faithful in our walk with God. Remember, last week we talked about Tim Keller, who is battling cancer, terminal cancer. And he, and he said, if you make heaven heaven, then the things of this earth will be strangely more enjoyable. And when we start living for heaven, then what happens on this earth becomes more precious and becomes more powerful. When Jesus came, he came to give you life and life more abundantly. When you do what Jesus asked you to do, when you live for the King of Kings, when you know this world is not your home, but you're just passing through, then you're able to live in a way that honors God because you will see him someday. You will answer him someday. And a just man lives in a way that is faithful to God and follows the instructions that God gives. Are you living in this way? Are you living in a way that is faithful to God? Or are you doing things? Are you saying things? Are you acting in ways that fall short or go against what it is God has told you to do? You know what the Bible says. You know how you're supposed to live a pure life. You know how you're supposed to lead your family spiritually. You know how you're supposed to handle money, but you're deciding to do it another way. You know what it means to be faithful in your marriage, to parent by honoring the God, to, to honor your parents, yet you're deciding to, to rebel, yet you're, just, you're deciding to cheat, yet you're deciding to, to steal. Man, if, if you're living in a way that's not honoring to God in these moments, I want to invite you into a spirit of confession before the Lord. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we ask for it. And you can choose right now to say, I'm not going to live that way any longer. I'm not going to follow that path any longer. I'm going to follow faithfully the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you make heaven heaven, these things of earth go, grow strangely more enjoyable. Let that burden... Let that secret, let that sin be confessed and be let go. And today, start running faithfully after God. Make heaven your heaven. Lastly, in the verses that we're reading today, it says, And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet. This is in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means... God with us. So we're back to the question, who is Jesus? We're back to trying to understand why all this has taken place. Why did Joseph have to go through this, this just man? He's going through this because Matthew is telling all of us that this is the Messiah. Jesus is the fulfiller of prophecy. He had to come from the line of Abraham and David, but he also has to be born of a virgin. So right in the beginning of his book, he shows us that Jesus is the fulfiller of prophecy, and he has been born of a virgin. 
It's an incredible theological truth, and we are, we'll talk more about the implications of this in a talk back. As a matter of fact, if you have any questions about what we're covering, in your comment card, ask those questions, and we'll answer them in a talk back. We won't, we won't bring your name up, but we'll, we'll answer the content of your questions. So use your connection card in that way. You've probably got a lot of questions about the theology behind the virgin birth and how this affects Joseph's bloodline and Mary's bloodline and Jesus being pure and sinless and, and born without sin. And all of that is here wrapped up into this sentence, but Jesus was born of the virgin. And here's the story that shows you that. And Joseph, this just man, shows us how we can live in a way that honors God. But who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Jesus Christ is more than just man. You see, Joseph, as is, is, is a main character in this story, is then superseded by the person of Jesus. And Joseph can't do what he does without Jesus, who is more than just a man. Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is sinless perfection in the flesh. The omniscient, omniscient all-knowing king of the universe has now been born. And he is not just a man. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, 100% God and 100% man. You see, we're being pointed back to Jesus as the Savior of the world. It starts with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. And in between, it's all about Jesus. The reason Joseph is able to be used by God in this story is because of his faithfulness to Jesus, who is not just man, but who is so much more. He is God himself. So today, we've looked at this incredible story of Jesus' virgin birth, and we've been given an amazing example of a just man that leads us to the story of someone who's not just a man. Are you trusting in this Jesus? Are you walking with this Jesus? Are you living in a way, if God would describe you, he would look down and say, look at that just man, or look at that just woman who we are able to do what we can do because of an incredible God of the universe. I want to invite you to respond today by filling out your connection card. And over the next couple of minutes, we're going to play a song for you. We want to invite you to stay engaged during this song and to think what it is that God has, is saying to you, what God is asking to you. Maybe it's time to grow up. Maybe it's time to lean in. Maybe it's time to treat someone a little bit differently. Maybe it's time to empathize a little more. Maybe there's something you need to confess. Or maybe in these moments, you just want to praise God for sending his son, Jesus, this incredible fulfillment of prophecy who's come to give us life and life more abundantly. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have any prayer requests, please put these on your comment card. And if you have any questions about your eternal salvation on that connection card, you'll find a, t uh, a link to the gospel tab where you can do more there to in uh, engage and interject with us. And if today's the day that you've decided to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, let us know in the chat or let us know in one of these cards. Let me pray for us, and then we'll let you guys respond in your own personal way. Dear God, Heavenly Father, as we think about who you are and what you've done, we thank you for the story of Joseph. We thank you, God, for this just man and this example that we have to follow. And God, we pray that you will find us just, living lives that are pleasing to you, because you have transformed our lives and God giving us life and life more abundantly. Would you speak to us in these moments? Would you uh, tell us exactly it is what you want us to do, how you want us to grow, how you want us to change, 
or confess or to be encouraged. And God, we in these moments rest before you, the King of Kings and the Savior of the world. In your precious name we pray. Amen.